0: Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 12th, episode 3077, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. see the Mustang was a temperamental boy Breaking out of stall, tearing down the walls Just to find things to destroy see the mustang knocking things down from the shelf wants to share a pasture with the mare, so he just moves there himself. <laughs> it must just drive Chad crazy fixing fences every day. Zeus bangs the gate demanding grain while Jamie's tossing hay. Oh, Effie the filly is a bouncy, silly tot.
3: Yeah, she broke her knee, but now she's free. At least her sire's super hot.
2: (laughs) Now Homer the puppy is our newest fluffy friend. He just sleeps all day, then one hour of play, then more napping in the end.
4: (laughs)
0: <laughs> that oh was our. Oh my gosh, that was so good. <laughs> that was our auditor, Allie, and she sent in three entries. But I've been waiting all weekend to play that one for oh you. Oh my
2: gosh, I love it! She nailed it, man. That was amazing.
0: <laughs> and uh, you'll have to play that one for Chad for sure. <laughs> oh, I, that
2: that one will be played for the family at dinner tonight. I will.
0: I'll, I'll email it over to you so you have it.
2: <laughs> Lucas loves the song. I've played him every one of the songs. He just thinks it's so
0: great. I think what I'm going to do. This was Jamie's suggestion. I think what I'm going to do because we've had such good entries is next week, uh, for next Friday, I'm going to put all the entries together and I'm going to put out a special episode of Horses in the Morning with just the entries. So if you want to sit down like Christmas Eve or whatever and just play them all together, because some we've only heard once and they're so good, I hate that. You know, I hate that we've only heard them once. So I'm going to put a package together and we'll play. We'll put all the songs together in a special. She can sing
2: though. I mean, that's the thing is like. I, I, I sing all the time and I don't have anywhere in that voice oh,
0: and her other two songs which I'll play later in the week are really good too so. <laughs> <laughs> she sent three there's an overachiever for you <laughs> Uh, On today's show, we have Victoria Tolman, who's going to explain the Equus Survival Trust and the work they do to identify rare breeds around the world. We also learn about herd and company markets and how they can help you shop for the holidays, plus more clever entries in the Wintech saddle giveaway. They're coming in hot and heavy now. Uh, so I'll audit post show we're going to do a question first world problems yeah I, I'm getting a bunch of entries you only have three days left to enter to win the windex saddle so you don't have to sing a song you can just go over there and sign up uh, go to horseradionetwork.com click on the saddle or the saddle banner at the top of the page and it explains how to send entries or how to just enter on the website there so do that you only have three days till the fifth to the end of the day on the 15th and then we're going to give the saddle away next Wednesday on the 21st and we have a very special guest Uh, Kira is joining us to pick the winner so I thought how appropriate it is for having sweet little Kira help us pick the winner for saddle she'll love that and uh, be her last visit of the year here so I have, a, I don't know if you saw this going around from Four Star Equine Veterinary Services, and I, I wasn't sure it was a hoax or not, but they're legitimate, and also the horse posted this. So if you're feeding out alfalfa cubes to your horses, look on the bag to see where they were produced. If they were produced in Colorado, stop feeding them. Uh, there have been a number of suspected cases of botulism in different states, and but the, the origin on every one of them has been alfalfa cubes produced in Colorado.
2: Now, is this cubes or pellets?
0: So all they mentioned was cubes. That doesn't mean pellets are, are not a problem, but the, all they mentioned were cubes at this point. Okay. And they don't know the brand yet. They haven't been able to identify that. So they're just saying, you know, you don't necessarily have to throw them away, but put them aside, stop feeding them. Uh, and what they're saying is that the bailing process sometimes catches small animals. I can't tell you how many times in Pennsylvania when we'd bale hay out of our fields that there'd be a snake. <laughs> uh, so if you get rats and mice in there and, you know, a normal bale of hay, when you take the cubes, you're probably going to notice it, right? But when it gets all crushed up and made into little cubes, you may not notice it. And then the carcass decays and the bacteria causes botulism and that's where the problem comes from.
2: Okay, it's just another so. reason to freak out.
0: <laughs> just saying. So, th- so if your horse is showing any symptoms or weird things, uh, acting strangely, just call your veterinarian immediately and uh, take a look. Of- take a look at your al- bags of alfalfa cubes right now. I hope it's not pellets because Jennifer found uh, one day that uh, maybe a certain store in the area had a mark wrong, a large chain, and she may have bought twelve bags. So we have like twelve bags of pellets in around. <laughs> so I hope it's not pellets um also so i'm looking up symptoms
2: of botulism because i don't even really know what the symptoms is like okay. fever and weakness exercise intolerance muscle tremors drooling reduced tongue strength
0: what so if their tongue's hanging out of their muscle mouth okay that would freak me out
2: <laughs> difficulty in chewing
0: pretty much everything
2: <laughs> muscle weakness laying down a lot inability to rise Green nasal discharge. Wow, I got to stop breathing this.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> we apologize for those of you eating lunch.
2: Dilated pupils.
0: So it's pretty much every symptom everything else has.
2: Pretty much if your horse yeah. is sick yeah. and you're feeding alfalfa cubes. Call the vet. You got a problem. Yeah,
0: call the vet. I don't know how much, I don't know how many of the cubes for different companies come out of Colorado. You know, I don't know. I don't know those answers. This was just put up over the weekend and I wanted to warn everybody. All right, daily Winnie time. We have uh, one auditor birthday, Cindy Hildebrand. Happy birthday to Cindy. And a very special birthday, too, for our friend Karen, who is the head of Kentucky Performance Products. And I'm very happy to announce that she has signed up for her 13th year with us oh
2: my gosh
0: so kentucky performance products has renewed for 13 years so i wasn't involved in it this time because i'm not a salesperson anymore so the sales team handled that i helped a little. how nice was that <laughs> i helped a little but uh yeah karen's with us thank you so much karen for all your support and uh, the happiest of birthdays to you we really appreciate you we also had two new auditors last week which we like to celebrate allison anderson and karen reagan thank you both for becoming auditors if if you're not part of the auditor Facebook group yet, just search for HRN Auditors and ask to enter, and we'll let you in so you can have a little of the fun. There's a poll going on right now, our year-end poll of auditors, where I ask all about your habits with podcasting and your horses and all that stuff, and it's, it's been very interesting getting the results, so we'll continue doing that through the end of the year. And if you I want thought be...
2: one of your questions was very rude, what was and that? I was uncomfortable answering it.
0: Which one? How many horses?
2: You... Yes. <laughs> horses do you have that's like asking a lady how much she weighs well that's okay. coming up that's next
0: tomorrow's question
2: i don't like it no, it makes you sit I'm down and kidding. i had to go <laughs> Let me see. One, you know I, i'm not answering i'm, I'm not participating. i'm opting out this year I
0: was, I was surprised how many people have a lot of horses <laughs> i was surprised all right let's uh let's do yours
2: Well, there's I have a little bit of a, a problem, and I would also like to thank one company for helping me with that problem. So Chad went on a trip over the weekend and left, and I took Lucas to school on Friday morning. He didn't have to pick him up, his friend did, um, and, and I realized that when Chad got home last night, I had parked my car in the middle of the garage. Like when, I guess I usually have to cram mine over on the side and he parks his in there. But when he's gone, I'm like, I'm like, it's like sleeping in a bed, just starfish, you know, Like I own this place. And so I own the garage. And then I realized he came home yesterday and I still hadn't moved my car, which meant I haven't left my house in like days, but I'm done with my Christmas shopping, which is amazing. What the heck did we do before we could order stuff online, Glenn?
0: We had to go to the mall. Remember that? Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) I was like, I'm done with my Christmas shopping. Wait. I haven't left the house in like a week and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to give my daily winnie to all of the wonderful online companies that not only will send you gifts, but they will also send you wrapping paper and tape. (laughs) So I had a good weekend and I didn't leave and I'm becoming a hermit and I probably should leave my house every once in a while. Send help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you said park your car in the garage, that struck me because most people in my neighborhood, I think, can't fit their cars in the garage. It's so full of junk. So
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. We're kind of weird about that. <laughs> well, you know what? To be fair, <clears throat> we have a two-car garage and then off the front of the house is like a one-car garage. And we designed the house so that'll be where I park the Beetle, and we'll park the truck, and his car, and in the giant garage because it's a two-car garage, but it's oversized for a dually. Okay, designed the house myself. That's what what I did. Um. So what we now have realized is that. I cram my beetle in the garage with his car. We leave the truck out and the tiny garage is a man cave. It's like there's like a golfing net set up. There's like air-pilling <laughs> pictures everywhere. So so when those of you who always say why is he married to you? Why does he put up with you? Let's flip that. He's fine. He's <laughs>
0: fine. He if has I a place to go hide.
2: If I can't find him, <laughs> I know where he is. <laughs> he is in the garage.
0: So, over the weekend, I was talking to Dr. Wendy. I hadn't talked to her in a while. And, of course, uh, regular listeners will know she fills in over here, and she's a veterinarian and traditional Chinese medicine doctor. But I was talking to her, and she sent me a picture of her new puppy.
2: Oh, God. So, did she get a puppy?
0: Yeah, she got oh. a – it's three-quarters poodle and one-quarter lab. And, oh, is it the cutest, fluffiest thing you've ever seen? And of course, she, like you, she was trying to get us to get the brothers and sisters that are still left over there. Oh, uh, <laughs> there's that, that,
2: a non-shedding dog and your wife has always wanted a poodle. Oh my God, best Christmas present ever.
0: <laughs> so we did not do that. But uh, you said that you have the list that we talk about every year.
2: I do. Okay. I have a list, and it is—well, I have a couple lists. And it just about—since well. Since you started with dogs, we'll go with dogs. Okay. It is the top, most popular dog names of 2022, <sighs> and this is from Rover.com. Can I and guess? Can uh, I
0: guess? Can I guess?
2: Homer is not on the list. <laughs>
0: that wasn't what I was going to do. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, that means you did good. You named your dog something unique.
2: Okay, but, you know, these are— And I've realized how many of these names of pets I've actually had before, so not that good. I I mean, I have a horse that's named one of these, so.
0: All right, so the name that's always been on the top of this list since we started doing it 12 years ago is Max.
2: Number one answer! Ding, ding,
0: ding! It's never changed!
2: (laughs) It, It hasn't. Let me see, they actually go through the top dog names of all the years, the number one... Oh, these are the trending names. Sorry. No, it's not the top ones. But Max has got to be the one... Yeah. I mean, it's got to be 20 years.
0: Yeah. I mean, since we started this show, it's been yeah. on the top.
2: Okay. So, I'll go from 10 to 1. Okay. I'll do it quick, because I've got boy names and girl names for dogs All right. And I'll, cats.
0: I'll say yes if we've ever had one named that.
2: Starting with number 10, Leo. Nope. Duke.
0: <laughs> you have a horse named Duke. I know. <laughs>
2: you didn't answer nope. teddy and nope. then bear and nope. then rocky and then mm. buddy mm. and then i had a raccoon named rocky buddy milo cooper charlie and number one max girl dog names i had
0: by the way I had none of those so yeah
2: um stella that a is dog. from modern family i guarantee you because their dog name was stella too ah, because she's outside yelling
0: that's, that's an unusual choice to be in the top 10 yeah
2: Bailey is number nine, number eight, Sadie, Lola, Zoe, number five, Lily, number four, Lucy, Daisy, number two, Bella. Lucas named our dog Bella. I didn't do it. And the number one most common girl dog name is uh, Luna. Oh, Luna Zenyatta did not make the list huh? of the top 10 anyway.
0: L- what was it? The top one again? Luna. Luna. Okay. Yeah. That comes from something too, right?
2: It means moon in Spanish.
0: Yeah, but I thought there was a character in a movie. Maybe not.
2: Luna Lovegood, that's from Harry Potter. Yes,
0: that's right. That's where Uh, I remember uh, from. Look at me. You pulled Um, that out of your hat. (laughs)
2: Let's go. Do you want to guess a a boy cat name that's really popular?
0: Oh, so these are cats, huh? Yeah, guess the same Uh, one you already guessed. Max.
2: Uh, That's number five. (laughs) 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 So we've got Jasper, number 10, number nine, Ollie, then Jack. Simba, Loki. That's a great cat name. Max, number four. Charlie, three. Leo, two. Milo, and number one, Oliver.
0: Yeah, okay, that makes. Those sense. Those are just cartoon
2: cats. Yeah. Um, so Garfield's then, for,
0: not on that list.
2: Did not make the list. No,
0: we no. have a neighbor cat that visits all the time named Garfield. It looks just like Garfield too.
2: That's probably why they named yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> the girl cat names number ten, Chloe. Then Willow, Cleo kitty number seven of course you don't name a dog dog
0: <laughs> no, usually but you'll name a cat kitty <laughs>
2: yeah callie nala lucy number three bella number two lily and the number one most common girl cat name luna <laughs> really <laughs> yeah well. there's definitely some crossover between <laughs> dogs and cats now they do also have like trending names and people have really this year apparently started naming their cats after food okay so um one cat's name is bacon bits remember that i did the news story last year though last week that the cat's name was burnt toast
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, something taco has to be on there
2: uh ham sandwich focaccia (laughs) bacon bits funnel cake clam chowder baked beans meaty baklava and for Tata,
0: try say baklava. You didn't need a nickname for that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty ridiculous. Let's see. Is there a food one for? There dogs? wasn't one
0: taco on that list. Not Maybe that be taco. more dog. Uh, if you're going to go food names,
2: would be taco. one taco. Let's see here. Uh, musician-themed dogs' names trend upwards, and um, I don't know who some of these are. Uh, but, well, I know everybody knows Beaver. That's a very popular dog name this year. Bieber, Spears, J Lo, Doja Cat, Jimen, Jimin, J I M I N, and Styles. I guess that's Harry. Styles.
0: Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <Nancy. clears throat> there wasn't um, one Jamie or Glenn on that entire list.
2: Now, now there was a lot of '80s music-inspired names. Um, for dogs. Uh, one dog's name was Gene Simmons, <laughs> Ozzy Posborn, <laughs> like Steven Tyler, and Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, M- Megan and Stallion each trended up as well, with a very big increase in the dog name of <clears throat> Taylor Swift. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, yeah. I mean, her she now a- only has what the most popular record of all time. So, <laughs> you know, it's
2: She is
0: ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, So, you want to hear another entry? Thank you for that, by the way. Max. Oh, by the way, just so
2: you know, pad names were also influenced by the royal family with a 282% increase in the name Lilibet. William, Lily, Elizabeth, Jubilee, Diana, and Archie are all trending up this year, but Louis, Harry, Kate, and Windsor are all trending down. surprise oh the name Megan Barkle has been also used (laughs) 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 Dolly Barkin that's another popular (laughs) one All right, moving on.
0: Well, Nikki, our resident therapist in the auditor room, she actually is a therapist. Uh, we're not just saying that. Uh, she d- also does our show, which we're going to do another one of. We've had requests to do another WTF show that's going to be Monday night, the 19th at 7 o'clock. Helena, Nikki, and I get together, and we help you with your non-horse trauma problems. So Nikki actually helps you, and I just kind of am there. Uh, but it's kind of a fun show. Uh, it's an adult show and it's only for auditors in the auditor room. We do it as a Facebook live and that's going to be next Monday night, the 19th at seven o'clock. And we'll be asking for your questions later, but this is what Nikki had to say about your holidays. And she sent in an entry for the Wintech saddle.
1: Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone, at the horse radio network, especially the gang at horses in the morning. This is Nikki Retino Lambert from New Jersey, and I am the host of the WTF Radio Show, which is a special auditor radio show that can get a little raunchy, a little fun, but also a little informative. So, if you're on the fence about being an auditor, give yourself that gift this year. You won't regret it. We have an amazing Facebook page, and you will make some phenomenal friends. So, as a licensed mental health professional, I'll give you some tips for the holidays. One, don't overspend to show people that you love them. Two, if your family is toxic to your mental health, you don't have to visit them, and they don't have to visit you. Three, plan those sanity timeouts, whether it's self-care, taking a break, little meditation, whatever it takes, to just bring it back and ground yourself. And four, and most importantly, pet your ponies, love your puppies, cuddle your cats, and take care of yourself. I'm wishing everyone the most mentally stable holiday possible. <laughs> and have a great day. <laughs> Impossible.
0: I thought we all probably needed that right about now. That's really
1: good, actually. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Nikki, as I said, if you want to become an auditor, just go to com For as little as $3 a month, you can do that. Uh, there's an auditor banner right there on the page. So, over the weekend, before we get to our first guest, uh, Friday, actually, I had a guest show up here at the studio. And that's Steve from the Hiking Radio Network. He's been on this show before, actually. Yeah. Uh, he, he does the Hiking Radio Network, which is the premier network for for hikers listening to podcasts. There's a podcast for everything. Everything. He has several shows, and I listen to his one show every week. But anyway, he he was here, and I said, well, you got to see the World Equestrian Center. And it was very interesting taking somebody to the World Equestrian Center who's not a horse person. And I, I found myself trying to describe it before we went, and you haven't been there yet, so you don't, you can't appreciate this, but you can't. Do it justice. So when we get there, he's walking around and going, oh my God. So this is a non-horse person looking around at all this extravagance. (laughs) And he's going, oh my God, there's a lot of money in the horse world. Yeah, <laughs> because the place is incredible, and they have it super decorated right now for Christmas. Last year was like the real first year they were open for Christmas, and they had it decorated. This year they went; it's like three times the decorations, and all the decorations are enormous. I mean, enormous. They have these huge, huge, huge uh, Christmas balls that would go on a tree, except they're like seven foot tall. I mean, they, and they're just everything everywhere. And I took him into the restaurant. We saw the hotel. First, he had the first, same reaction every. Everybody does when they walk into the hotel, he looks around at all the thousands of artworks on the wall and goes, these are all dogs. Isn't this a horse place? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that before. But then, and then we went to the Yellow Pony for lunch, and it was just fun. It was really cool to see, to be there experiencing that place with uh, a non-horse person seeing it for the first time. That was kind of cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sergeant Reckless statue is there. Of course, we know a lot about Sergeant Reckless over the years. We've had everybody on that's been affiliated with the books and the statue and the whole thing. And uh, everybody that sees it for the first time, and especially if you've never heard of Sergeant Reckless, uh, has to read the plaque and get their picture taken, and it is really cool. But they have a whole bunch going on there this week. There was some jumping going on when we were there, uh, and another show in the back. I don't even know what that was. Uh, but they have their Fall Horse Show series, $100,000 Grand Prix on Saturday night night, they have the Ocala Dressage this weekend, which is the official qualifying competition for the 2022 Great American USDF Regional Championships. They have the Winter Wonderland Spectacular, so at night they have a million lights there. It's literally a million lights. It's really cool. They have an ugly sweater contest, and they also have a gingerbread house decorating competition this weekend, and they have a special show that you can... uh, I think this is a paid show. Uh, It's called Spirit of the Horse Holiday Performance, so uh, that's going on all this weekend over at the World Equestrian Center. And uh, be aware that if you do go in after 5 o'clock at night this time of year with the holiday uh, upon us, they do charge $30 for parking. Most everything else there all year is free. But uh, apparently they had a they did have a country concert I mentioned last week. I heard the thing was packed. And between the people are there for the holiday lights and the country so concert. we talked
2: about all the different people that were doing it. There was like a, <clears throat> a rap young country yeah. rap guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Apparently it was packed. and it, the, Between the people there for that and to see the lights, it, it, it was a hopping place <laughs> at the World That's of Questions awesome. Center Saturday night. So
2: I didn't know that they had a Sergeant Reckless. You know who did Sergeant Reckless, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Jocelyn
2: I, Russell, who's yeah. been on her show a ton. She did Secretariat as well. I and remember really we think. had the
0: lady that wrote the book. Uh, yeah, and Robin Hutt. And then we had the, we had her on the, the sculpture. And yeah, they have a Sergeant Reckless there. It's right in front of the hotel. Everybody gets their picture. It's amazing seeing the setting for that sergeant reckless it, it is really cool that's awesome yeah so world equestriancenter.com if you're coming to town you have to see it and next and sometimes uh when we do our our monthly get-togethers we get together over there because they have 11 restaurants we can keep mixing it up
2: <laughs> so. that's where i'd go
0: <laughs> it is pretty cool our first guest coming up is victoria tolman she's executive director of the equus survival trust and going to talk to us about what that is
2: I'd like to welcome Victoria Tolman to the show. The Equus Survival Trust is a conservation nonprofit dedicated to protecting rare breeds, ponies, and donkeys that are threatened with extinction. What an important job, Victoria.
5: Oh, thank you. It is an exciting job, and it it seems to be never-ending, but there's a lot of good successes that happen with it, so it, it keeps you going.
2: I'm sure it does. Well, I mean... it's. It's work that that needs to be done if you're a horse lover. So, uh, what is the what what does the Equus Survival Trust do?
5: Oh gosh, it's pretty layered. Um, we started this in 2004, uh, and to date, we have not found another organization anywhere in the world that just specializes in horse conservation. We have built up about a 60 breed organization affiliate. We keep our overhead down, so that and we have just volunteers. So 95% of the donations that come back into us, uh, that come to us, go back out to the actual communities. Uh, we have a conservation list. We specialize in, of course, horses, donkeys, and drafts, um, ponies. We try to keep an emphasis on populations that are here in the United States and in North America so that we can be more effective, but there are lots of breeds not on our list that we wish could be. Uh, We give out educational material. We go to venues, trade shows. uh, We put on exhibitions. We've put on the only rare breed horse shows that I know about, and they've been pretty successful, but we don't do them every year because our, our communities can't afford to go every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have DNA projects uh, that we do. Parentage testing is extremely important. Uh, that way we have certified pedigrees and people can be more effective when they choose their breeding partners to know which lines are rare, which ones need to be bolstered, which ones we've got too many of. Um, and the DNA that we're currently doing of a new project in the U.K., for the Exmoor ponies on the moors that are wow. in the Exmoor National Park. They've never been DNA'd and sorted out before. And so we have begun that project. And that's that's, That exciting. sounds
2: easy. Go get some DNA from all these wild ponies.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they have to have special equipment because they aren't used to being handled. But they do manage these ponies and they do a really, really good job of it. Um, and they're spectacular looking. They
3: really so, are. I mean, and
5: they live out like they're supposed to, like they've done since the ice ages.
2: It's amazing. So what are some of the breeds that you guys focus on? You said a lot, uh, you try to have main focus here in North America. What are some of those breeds?
5: Oh gosh. Um, well, they don't have to be North American breeds. They just need a, a viable presence, breeding presence here. So okay. we'll work with things, horses like the Akhaltekis, which come from Central Asia. We work with the Caspians, which come from ancient Persia, and their homeland is, of course, Iran. Uh, we work with a lot of the British uh, ponies. Uh, fell ponies, Highland ponies, um, I mentioned the Exmoors already, um, and they have Dale's ponies. Um, we will work with home breeds here, like the Mountain Pleasures, which are indigenous to Kentucky, and they are a gated breed, really, really neat breed. Um, we work with the world-famous Lipithons. Uh, We'll work with some lesser known um, that were developed here in this country, like the Sulfurs, which are a wild band in Utah, and they show some very unique genetics because they've been so isolated. Mm -hmm. We work with uh, Chicas, which also have somewhat of a Spanish heritage. Ah, uh, we work with the Wilbur Cruz horses, which originally came from Mexico, which originally came from the breeding stations that Columbus say, started. Say
2: that or say the word again.
5: Wilbur Cruz.
2: Wilbur Cruz. I've seriously never heard of a Wilbur Cruz or a Baca chica.
5: Well, uh, the Bacas were put together in the 50s from remnants that were disappearing in New Mexico. The Wilbur Cruz horses, as I mentioned, came up through the missionary uh, stations, breeding stations in Mexico uh, in the 1800s, and their source came from the Caribbean that originally was established by columbus what a lot of people don't realize about what came to us through the caribbean breeding stations it wasn't all spanish spain didn't bring all spanish horses they were a world power and they brought horses from all kinds of places they brought horses that were useful so they brought horses for exploration they brought horses for work they brought horses just to ride um and I uncovered an interesting piece. We have um, a breed that was developed in Rhode Island, Rhode Island and they were called the Narragansett Pacers, which unfortunately are now extinct. We don't have a lot of information about them, but they were extremely popular at one time. And in the year 1700, 7,000 of them were shipped from Rhode Island down to the Caribbean breeding stations that were still being manned by Spain. Ah. Huh. So those aren't Spanish horses, but they got mixed in because they were useful, uh, and so they got still some spread of those through the southwest. Out there.
2: Yeah, there's still some of those bloodlines out there somewhere, probably.
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, And they're in most of our gated horses that were created here. The the Narragansett Pacer probably traces to our Mountain Pleasures. The Mountain Pleasures helped uh, as a foundation stock for the Rocky Mountains, for the Missouri uh, Foxtrotters, for the the, um, uh, Saddlebreds, the Walkers. Uh, They're not a very well-known breed, and there's only about 3,000 of them left, but most of them are still there in Kentucky. I am just
2: fascinated by the how much you know about each one of these. I mean, I, I, you know, Glenn, there's, like, always a perfect person to do a job. I think yes. you have the right <laughs> job. It's amazing.
5: So um, do you— I, I it, it, it is exciting. And if I, I think what's happened here is, since I'm such a big horse lover and have been all my life, since I can't afford to have all of these, this is the next
0: thing. <laughs> and that's what we Amen. all do. That's why we have uh, this show. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <that's- laughs>
5: So
2: you said that people make donations and the donations go to the community. Are you like funding like say I'm a Lipizzan breeder and I'm trying to protect them. Do you like help
5: Lipizzan breeders or how do We does it work? would like to do that. We are still working on what we would consider transport and breeding grants. There seems to be a lot of money out there for for people to do um, AI Uh, if they apply for a grant, that sort of thing. But what we have found with our rare breeds is AI isn't very cost effective. Uh, If you took that same stallion and you sent him to an area where he could reach several farms, which would be many, many mares, it would cost you less to do that than it would to do AI for one horse and cross your fingers and hope you got a foal. So we have not yet found funding for this, but we've got the idea. We think it should be done. We'd love for people to copy that. But right now, what we've been funding is um, we have a program with the Aquatechis because they are kind of a cornerstone for an awful lot of competition breeds, but that cornerstone goes back like, Sometimes a couple thousand years removed, um, they have discovered through DNA that the three foundation stallions that were thought to be Arabian for the thoroughbred were Turkomans, which is a branch of the Akil- You know, Turkomens. The Akalteki is a branch of that. Whoa! whoa, 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 whoa. So, Are yeah. you
2: telling me right now that? The Darley Arabian and the um, Byerly Turk and mm-hmm. the Godolphin Arabian are not the three foundation sires,
5: or they're actually not. They Arabians? are, but they are not Arabians. And DNA oh has God, now my proven life that. Is a lie. <laughs> <gasps> well, my original breed was Arabs, so I bought into the whole thing, and I still adore uh, Arabs, but that is, an awful lot of it is just based on myths. If you go back to when those animals were being used and imported to Europe, um, anything that came from the Orient was just called an Arabian, whether it was or not. And, of course, the Berber or Barb horses um, are not Arabian, and any of the Turkoman horses are not Arabian. Uh, There are a lot of horses that came from, you know, Syria or the Middle East, and they're not Arabians either. What the heck is uh, a Turkmen then? I gotta look. As you have rocked my world. I mean,
2: we've all read Marguerite Henry's Sham. You know the uh, oh and
5: and, yes, uh, and I love wind. that story. Probably that horse was a was a cross, and and it might have had Turkoman blood. It probably had Berber blood. I don't think it was an Arab. And yeah, it rocked my world when I you know kind of read oh, my- those studies as well well all my Arab friends who
2: forever like you only have thoroughbreds because of the Arabians so Arabians are better than thoroughbreds and I'm like suck it now come on what's up
5: Yeah, well, that's it's, it's true. I mean, they have traced the DNA back. They trace it through um, mitochondrial, and they trace it through, of course, the, the Y factor for the males, and it's not tracing back to Arabians.
2: Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Good well, you can think of it. It makes
5: sense. Think about the old paintings that you've seen of the earliest thoroughbreds. They were these long, stretchy-looking animals. Yeah. That doesn't look like an Arab. Uh, what the heck does a Turkmen look like? The Turkmen's. If you know what an Akoltiki is, that is a branch of the Turkmen's. Now, some of them Turkmen branches have become extinct, but they are these long lifts, very. Like and an yeah, Akil-teki. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's where the dur- endurance comes from as well.
2: Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Well, this is fascinating. I, you just dropped it. Maybe <laughs> the people listening aren't as like freaked out about that as I am, but like, I don't know. I just feel like you just dropped a bomb. That's awesome. I love that when that happens. Um, so let's see, where can people go to learn about the Equus survival trust and find out more about you guys
5: and ask Uh, our our daily interaction? We have a Facebook group. You just look for Equus survival trust and you'll find it. Um, the website is, um, Trust org and it's separated, the words are separated by a hyphen. But if you Google it, it's easy to find.
1: Gotcha. And there's some
5: general information there, and if people are interested in something specific, we will happily put them in touch with our communities because we operate as a, as a mega team. There's 60-some organizations out there. And whereas we know X amount about each breed, we are not the specialists in those breeds. Those breed communities are.
2: Okay, I literally could call you after the show and just talk to you, just like ask you questions for hours, because I feel like you give me the right, the right you answers. You'd welcome to do that. Fascinating. <laughs> Victoria Tolman, the Executive Director of the Equus Survival Trust. Thank you so much for joining us. org, or find them on Facebook, and uh, we appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much.
0: Fun, you seem to have a good time freaking out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did, my life is all
2: I didn't know. I didn't. Uh, did everybody else know that? And I didn't know that. Like, I need y'all to message me that either yes, you were surprised by that, or it doesn't matter, or who cares, or shut up like it's not the big deal, or the, yes, everybody knew about it and you're the only idiot. I don't know. I'm feeling insecure right now.
0: <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's hear from another one of our listeners. This is Kim, uh, she's an auditor, and she sent us a Poem for the WinTech Saddle Giveaway.
4: Hi, this is Kim Moore, Kimberly in SoCal, and I have a poem that came to me around 4 a.m. I know I've already submitted a song, but I thought I would send in a poem as well. The song is my particular favorite because, you know, my son sang it, but I wanted to send this in as well. I also would like to wish the whole Horse Radio Network a Merry Christmas and Happy Horse Holidays. Plus, may all your horsey dreams come true in the new year. So my poem goes like this. Jamie stood there with Homer, chewing her boot toe, puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? They came without blankets left tattered and torn. They came without shoes. How quickly they'd thrown. These equestrian first world problems all horse girls have known. But but the puzzler was Zeus. He was nowhere to be found, not in the paddocks or in the barn. Jamie had searched the entire grounds. He simply was just not around. When across the sky. Santa did fly with Zeus in his sleigh, looking quite pleased, munching Santa's cookies and reindeer treats. It truly was a miraculous sight. Seeing it all, Chad did exclaim, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night.
2: (laughs) Okay, was Zeus... Actually, pulling.
4: No, the sleigh, I think he
0: was in or the was he sleigh. Was in the
2: sleigh eating? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was like,
0: I don't see wouldn't... him doing all that work. He was no, more... it's too much work. Yeah. So,
2: like I could see him standing <laughs> in the back, like, yeah. like, and 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 Santa doesn't know he's there. He's yeah. just like <laughs> snuck in the back and he's eating, and then he's gonna turn around and be like, hashtag Santa
0: Zeus. <laughs> he's ripped up all the gifts to find the ones with food.
2: <laughs> are you just playing the ones that are my husband? husband's involved in that he gets mad about.
0: <laughs> There's just because, so many like, of them. Homer's those. constantly <laughs> eating my
2: foot and then Zeus is getting out. So it's like perfect. Yeah, the perfect.
0: And apparently that's what the listeners have latched onto to this year. <laughs> I,
2: I talk too much. Stop.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's go to our next guest. Uh, we have Virginia Skidmore, founder and executive director of Herd and Company Markets. This will help you do finish up. Uh, let's hope finish up your holiday shopping. I'm thinking positive for you. What is that shopping time of year? And you only got a few days left, so uh, you, you're you going to want to head on over to this company to help you do your shopping. We have Virginia here with Herd and Company Markets. Hi, Virginia.
3: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. How are I all?
0: think we were referred to you by one of our listeners, and uh, I went over there and was like, I got to get her on the show. So what is <laughs> Herd and Company?
3: Yes. So, Herd & Co. Markets is an online marketplace for equestrian products. So, when you shop on Herd & Co., you're directly supporting the independent sellers who are on the website and who manage their own orders and inventory. So, I've been saying it's set up similar to Etsy, but it's only horse products. Um, So, it's basically a way to give these small businesses a platform and support them and allow them to reach a bigger audience and get their message further out there and work with each other and support each other.
0: So what kind of companies are on there?
3: Yes. So right now we have three that we did our launch with, and they are May Babes Equestrian, who y'all have talked with, and y'all know Emily Bentz. She's amazing. Um, We have Gabriella Hasbun, who is a Salvadorian um, photographer, and she's based in San Francisco. And she created a book called The New Black West that – is basically a photograph book over 10 years of her following the Bill Pickett Rodeo, um, the traditional black touring rodeo in California. And then we also have a smaller company that's brand new. That's called premier wear. Who's two sisters out of Fredericksburg, Virginia, and they make show bows and jewelry and apparel. So it's a wide range. Um, and then we're bringing on new brands each month, each week. So we, are hoping to work with Dapple Bay um, in 2023. And then we're also going to be bringing on main trusses, Chanel roads with main trusses, which is very exciting.
0: So there's so many. We highlight a lot of the little companies out there, the people like Maybabes and, you know, uh, companies like that, because we like... I love support. those
2: breaches. Yeah. Just ja- it out yeah like
0: ja- Jamie loves her, her breaches. Um, but yeah. we, we try and highlight them because, you know, it is tough to get started in a business when you're competing against large companies. And, you know, the large companies have all the resources, all the res- resources, all the marketing, all of the uh, design that they, you know, they have it all. and. And it's just so hard to start out. I love that you're putting all of these people together in one place just to make them easier to find because discoverability is the biggest problem.
3: Exactly, yeah. And I think you can learn so much too just from other small businesses. I went, how I met May Babes and Emily was through an equestrian conference. And I accomplished more just working with other business owners in that like four days than I had in the past month. So it definitely gives you gives you that confidence and, you know, platform to get your message and your products and your stories out there.
0: So you're looking, obviously, for customers to buy stuff, but you're also still looking for companies?
3: Yes. So if you are a small company out there who's listening to this and you think this would be a great fit, I would definitely love to hear from you. My goal is to keep adding more and more companies um, on and just keep growing it to get that message out there, get those products out there. Um, And then, yeah, if you're a customer looking for a Christmas gift, this is a perfect thing to do if you're looking to spend your dollars where you know it's going to support, directly support a small business within the equestrian space.
0: I love the one thing I, I thought about a couple of the horses we've owned over the years because I saw the one thing that you have. You know how you put the red bow in the tail that indicates <laughs> you should stay back from your horse because your horse yeah. is not necessarily one you want to get into the foot length I'm of? i kick you. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> there's this red bow. It's very pretty. And it says, if you can read this, you're too close. I exactly. like that one. <laughs> that was a good one. Jennifer yes, Fox hunted. My and wife Fox hunted for a long time. And, uh, you know, red bow. I don't know if that's where it started, but uh, red bows and fox hunting, that meant something. You don't get close to those horses because you're going to get kicked.
3: exactly. But there's so many cute things
0: on here. You know, I'm I'm excited that you're doing this because I think there's a need for it. And obviously, you'll grow and there'll be more and more companies on here. But there's a need for it. And I'm going to refer some companies to you that I know about that I think should be part of this as well.
3: Yeah, that would be great. I would love that. And I think our main goal not only just to get things out there, is to create a larger community, even, like, across disciplines as well. So basically bring in companies that are doing different things so you can learn and see different things that you might not have discovered and get that, you know, representation and spread of the equestrian space, which is very wide. (laughs) So I think that would be our goal as well.
0: And can they buy right from you, or do they have to go back to your vendors' websites?
3: Yes. So you can make a purchase directly on Herd & Co. And like I said, it's similar to Etsy. So you're purchasing on our platform. And then um, that is then going to the cust- to the, I'm sorry, not the customers. That is then going to the business owners. Gotcha. So they're creating their products and their listings directly on the platform.
0: Terrific. Well, I think it's a great idea. Thank you for doing it. It's much needed for the, for the little guys out there right now making stuff and trying to sell it. It's co-markets.com and I'll put the link to that in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us, and thank you for doing this.
3: Yes, thank you, Glenn and Jamie. It was a pleasure.
0: Well, coming up on this week 's show we have a we have a good week lined up for you. We have endurance tomorrow, providing Karen is not blizzarded in there 's a blizzard apparently coming going across the country right now, so I know California got hammered, and the rest of the country's ex uh, in northern parts expected to get uh, two feet of snow in some places so Karen is in that area, so I don't know. We'll find out if she's here tomorrow. But uh, we're supposed to have the Endurance episode, and then later in the week, the Equine Affair episode. And Jamie and I, of course, will be here Wednesday and Friday. We have two, four, two more full weeks of shows for you, and then we're out of here. We're going on vacation for the holidays, too. So uh, not much time. Get your stuff done. Well, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be out of here, and Jennifer and I are going to be remodeling our kitchen. So (laughs) we're going to be in destruction and remodel mode.
2: Sounds like such a lovely vacation. (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: It's going to be great. Uh, We are going to do, for the auditors, we're going to set up a special room, and we're going to do several videos a day so you can watch the disaster unfold if you want.
2: I think I'm going to be gone like in January for skiing, so we may have to record ahead. Some of them I'll let you know.
0: All right, let me know.
2: I like, I loved giving you my um travel plans and asking for days off live on the air because then you can't sound like a jerk. <laughs> I can't say
0: no. You're yeah, you can't do that. Well, you should have plenty of snow after this after the next couple of days if you're going north. So that shouldn't yeah, right. be a problem. And then also I have something here I found uh today that came across the newsletter that Jamie recommended.
2: It's the best morning newsletter. That there is, and it is very
0: independent and not one-sided at all.
2: No, it just gives you the facts, like the top story, maybe two top stories. Fourteen forty. It's a newsletter, and I love this thing. I like the first thing I do, but they have like the news, but it's not slanted. It's just. It's just Here's news. the facts, yeah. the
0: way news used to give, be,
2: yeah, the way it's supposed to be, um, they give you the facts, and then there's like all these links you can kind of click through, think of like heels down happy hour they they do um their newsletter, but think of it like in a non horsey global sense. Same yep. kind of deal.
0: Yeah, this kind of reminds me of a Reader's Digest every day. You know, kind of a little Reader's Digest every day for those that are old like me. Remember that. Yeah. But there was in there today. There's been a new world record set, and it's been it happened in Mexico in per, per, Paraban, Paraban, Mexico. Paraban, and apparently that's where they grow avocados. A lot of avocados. A matter of fact, ninety two percent of all the United States avocado imports come from there. Are you serious? Yes, 92%. $2.8 billion worth every year. Don't they make
2: avocados and grow them in California? Yeah,
0: but of the imports, we get $2.8 billion worth. Because you know what's become very popular in the world today? And that's guacamole. Now, I swear I'd never heard of guacamole as a kid because we never had guacamole. But um, it's become so popular that...
2: You were rich enough to have avocados.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Back then. Neither was I. (laughs) That's right. That's true. So they made a world record 10,961 pound serving of guacamole.
2: That's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> okay, that's Who five and a half t- tons of guacamole. Of guacamole, five and a half tons of guacamole. So apparently, it took twenty five. The the municip- municipality, the town, is twenty five thousand people, where they broke this record, and it was during their first annual guacamole festival. So they decided <laughs> to, go, to start with a bang. Well, I
2: mean, if you are going to be at a guacamole <laughs> festival, you might. They get. I. It's, uh, it's called the. Avocado Expo in Guacamole Festival.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, more than 400 people, including 40 chefs, helped prepare this. They had to cut onions, tomatoes, cilantro, and avocados. And uh, it took 55,000 avocados.
2: Oh, dear God.
0: (laughs) So you gotta take the pit. You gotta you gotta do everything you have to do to make an avocado. What to right? make
2: with four? I'm like, ah. <laughs> okay, I'm tired of cutting avocados. You gotta
0: squish the stuff out and fifty-five thousand avocados, four hundred people to make this. And apparently the guy who ran it said, We wanted the world to know that Parabon is a or produces high quality avocados and we wanted to become renowned internationally so there you go Victory. you got press all over the world so good for so, you
5: So
2: I mean I always have more questions and answers cuz this is kind of a weird news story which is, is somebody it's, decided it's, to make 11,000 pounds of guacamole but like what happens when I'm cooking is like say I'm making guacamole and avocado. I'm like tasting it as I go, you know, and like licking my fingers, the avocado with my fingers, or like I'm chopping the tomatoes and pop a tomato in, and then I don't want to eat what I made because I've already made it. But what does one do with eleven thousand pounds of guacamole? Did they like swim in it? Did they all just the whole town get together? It seems like a waste. Seems like they, they could have fed most it. of
0: Mexico with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Well, they did say there's 25,000 no, people like, it in town. so
2: really well, unless you put a ton of lime juice in it. And I don't see anything about limes. <laughs> well, it,
0: apparently there was a controversy in the making of this, too, because uh, Guinness <gasps> said they had to put tomatoes in it. And the recipe they use there locally doesn't have tomatoes in the guacamole. But apparently, oh for some goodness. reason, Guinness uh, said you have to put tomatoes in it. So they had to put tomatoes. Then they had to find the tomatoes because everything had to be sourced. You know, you can't just say, I'm going to go out and buy 55,000. Guaca uh, avocados, so you know everything had to be sourced. Then to find enough tomatoes, it was kind of a controversy for a while.
2: <laughs> With that much, you could just throw whole tomatoes in there, and then you <laughs> could pick them out.
0: Yeah, no problem. Well, there you go. There's your uh, weird fact of the day. Go and is, enjoy your Mexican. That's what we had last night. Uh, so.
2: I will tell you what I'm having for lunch today, and that is some guacamole, my friend. There you go.
0: <laughs> I, I hope mean, you have some avocados because there's going to be a shortage after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, auditors, hang on. We're going to do some first world problems.
2: All right, everybody. Spade, neuter, Geld. Speaking of neuter, Homer's doing great.
0: Oh, is he? Yeah. Didn't even notice.
2: Didn't even notice. He
0: hasn't been walking around looking behind him all the time.
2: He can't lick it, so it's perfect. <laughs>